We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Good to have you all here today. Welcome. As as we do from time to time, I would really recommend if you are enjoying these conversations, uh, if they are beneficial to you, uh, if you like them on YouTube, if you'll share them with your friends, and even more so, if you'll comment with any further questions you have, that always helps us in deciding what we want to do next. Right. And it brings us to today's question, which is kind of a combination of a couple of questions we've gotten in. So Mm -hmm. we're going to try to walk through it as best we can. And for those of you who have sent in these questions, we really appreciate it. So starting with number one, Dan, where do we read about the, as the questioner phrased it, the office of the pulpit minister or preacher? Never. They don't exist in the Bible, so we shouldn't have preachers? Well... Preacher is a different thing. The office oh. we have a problem with. Okay. Um, this this idea of offices or positions comes from a mistranslation of First Timothy three one. Okay. And it refers to elders. And he says, if anyone desires, the Greek word is episkopes. Okay. He desires a noble task or a good work. Hmm. Episcopes in no way means the office of a bishop. It's one word, and it means caretaking, overseeing, Hmm. in the sense of looking after people. So so a good modern-day translation would be, if anyone desires caretaking, and you could put in parentheses, of people's souls, Hmm. he desires a good work. Okay. So the idea of an office is a misconception that comes from a medieval Church of England, high church, mistranslation of the King James in 1 Timothy 3, verse 1. Mm. So it's more of a task, particular thing they're going to do rather than a person they are. Yeah, it's a it's a function. It's a noble task. It is a good work, according to that. So okay. first of all, let's get rid of the word office. Now, okay. Preacher is um, a word that comes from uh, the word which means proclamation. Kerouks is the word, a a person who proclaims Mm -hmm. the word. That's a biblical word. Um, I think she was more interested, the questioner, in the term evangelist, if I remember right. And that might lead us into question number two. Yeah, we'll come back to this First uh, Timothy three one passage here in a second, but yeah, she continues on and goes. So if this term isn't, you know, if preacher isn't necessarily a term we're used to, and now the preachers start going, well, I know that's not there, but the term evangelist is. Is that so, how? Is that somehow trying to elevate their role or give legitimacy to it? 
No, um, the Bible definitely gives a role, a function, a, a, um, a ministry to a group of people called preachers or evangelists. Um, a, a great passage on this, very succinct passage, 1 Timothy 4, verse 5. Mm-hmm. And Timothy was called an evangelist, but in First Timothy, excuse me, Second Timothy four verse five. Okay, yeah. Second Timothy. First Timothy four, four five is about eating food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Second Timothy four five. That says, uh, "As for you, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry." All right, so Timothy's ministry was, mm-hmm. as Paul puts it, the work of an evangelist. Okay. So you could you could reflect back to the First Timothy three one, the overseer desires a noble work or mm-hmm. a good work, the evangelist has a particular work, the work of an evangelist. Okay. And in the books of Tim- Timothy and Titus, uh, the work of an evangelist involved giving attention to study of the word, giving attention to the way he lived his life, giving attention to preaching and teaching the word of God, mm. whether to unbelievers or to uh, believers. Uh, so there is definitely a work of evangelist that is talked about. Evangelist, by the way, is a different word than preacher, but mm. it is it is from a word euangelizo, which means to proclaim good news. Okay. Euangelion is the word for gospel or good news. Euangelizo is preaching or teaching the gospel or good news. So a euangelistes, an evangelist, yeah. is one who preaches the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I guess first off, is there any difference in using the term preacher or evangelist? If we understand the biblical meaning of those, no, they're the same thing. Okay. They can be different, I guess, depending on the message. People could, people could, um, in modern day senses, mm-hmm. I think in modern day usage, when somebody says evangelist, they either think of somebody that's traveling around in tents, or they think mm-hmm. of somebody on TV whose wife has really sprayed hair and who has a bouffant hairdo and all that yeah, kind of stuff. They, they add tela to yeah, the beginning. Tella evangel- yeah, tela evangelist. But all those modern implications you know, the proclaimer or the preacher is the same thing. Okay. Now, in the Old Testament, there were preachers, proclaimers of God's word. Yeah. So I guess to wrap up some of what she was bringing out in this is, is she was saying that people like to align themselves in this role as the evangelist, preacher, whatever, and say, well, I'm a modern-day Timothy. Yeah. Was there some sort of like, I know people try to say, oh, well, Paul was an apostle and he passed it on and that became, you know, and all this other church stuff. Is there that same element for Timothy as he was the evangelist and that suddenly became something passed along down? No. Timothy was an evangelist like I'm an evangelist or anybody else is an evangelist. Timothy preached what the apostles taught him, just like we teach and preach what the apostles teach us in the New Testament, um, a, a true evangelist is like Timothy if he takes the same responsibility as did Timothy mm. and follows the instructions that were given to Timothy. Okay. Um, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, Paul is talking about uh, 
Timothy and other evangelists. What does he say there? He says, what you, may, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will, also be, who will be able to teach others also. So one of the works of an evangelist who heard from the apostles, the teachings that we have in the New Testament, uh, he trains other men to be evangelists or preachers when he teaches them what the apostles taught and sends them out to teach others. Hmm. So, Simple as that. So most likely Timothy was not the only evangelist. Yeah, it's not this like time. you can just have one evangelist. Yeah. Okay. And, and let me say that about this. Some questions have come in in the past about what do you think about youth ministers and stuff? Well, why, why you always say he's that a way. youth minister? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the reason is because when I talk to a young man who wants to be a youth minister, I say, really, what you're going to be if you're going to be a biblical minister, is you're going to be an evangelist hmm. that focuses on young people yeah. and tries to preach and teach the word and, and share the gospel with young people, but you're still an evangelist. Yeah. You're just an evangelist to young people. So I'm trying to get them to conceptualize and use the biblical word mm. and just a different focus that they might have. Right. You know, you may be doing evangelist online and evangelism to kids and everything, but you're still basically a proclaimer, a teacher, an evangelist. Sure. That's the biblical role. Okay. And, and she seems to have in her question, and you can bring this out better than I can, uh, the idea of pulpit minister. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of that is, is still tied into this concept that the evangelist, the minister, the preacher, trying to build some sort of hierarchy. Is that in the Bible? Is that supposed to be there? Should the guy who is the main preacher, the pulpit minister, be exercising some sort of authority over the church? Okay, so um, look at... Boom, 1st mm. Timothy 4. Okay. Let me see here. Try verse 11 and see what that says. See, 11 is command and teach these things. Okay. Okay. It, so keep going. Oh, uh, that's good. No? Um, there's, other, there's other passages. Uh, one passage says, teach these things with all authority. Mm. And really... The authority in an evangelist is no different than the authority in an elder or anything else. It's not Timothy's authority. Mm. It's not the preacher's authority. It's the authority of the word of God. It's like when the prophet said, thus says the Lord, or this is what the Lord says. Right. The authority of God is behind that word because it's God's word, not the yeah. preacher's word. So in that sense when the preacher really preaches and teaches God's word as it is, mm -hmm. he's, he's wielding God's authority. He is, he, is, he is calling the people to submit to God's authority, mm. not his authority. I was going to say, but if he goes beyond the words and he starts saying, now this is what I think, yeah, this and is what I do. do all this because I say, so. well, then he's, then he's really doing a bad job and God doesn't yeah. like what he's doing. Okay, so anything that may be wrapped up in our thoughts of, okay, a preacher, he's been invested with this authority, thus he can now say and lead and do beyond is yeah. not happening. Nor for elders. Yeah. Same, same. Okay. And I think we're more hung up many times 
on some kind of a weird autocratic authority for elders that the Bible never gives them than we are with weird autocratic authority for preachers. And it's been abused in both cases in, in certain yeah. ways. But there is no biblical precedent for calling somebody a pulpit minister. Um, pulpit is a thing. It used to be made out of wood. Now a lot of it's made out of clear plastic or something. Yeah. Podium, pulpit. Yeah. We've got a little coffee table. Sort Whatever. Of you know, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but that's the guy that goes and stands behind the pulpit. And in fact, many people go and stand behind the pulpit. But an evangelist is teaching and preaching privately, teaching and preaching in his home, teaching and preaching and talking to people about God on the street. You know, he's mm -hmm. he's he doesn't have to have a box to stand behind. Yeah. He, he is an evangelist everywhere he goes if he's fulfilling his ministry. But again, that title is probably just more representative of maybe you're in a congregation that has multiple ministers and it's like, okay, yeah. that's the guy who speaks on Sunday. Yeah, but it's like, can, yeah. can we only have one guy that speaks up there? Or could there be various people that speak up there? Right. And so this is another uh, illustration of defending territory or defining territory rather than looking at biblical function. There's nothing wrong with a gifted teacher, preacher, regularly fulling, uh, fulfilling or filling the pulpit of a mm. congregation. There's nothing wrong with that, but to say that he owns that pulpit or nobody else can yeah. speak in that pulpit. Uh, minister, let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. See, she asked about minister or preacher. Well, the word minister is diakonos. Yeah. And it's very broadly and widely used. Um, uh, elders are ministers but not all ministers are elders. Mm -hmm. Evangelists are ministers, but not all ministers are evangelists. You know, teachers are ministers, but not all ministers are teachers. Uh, there was a special class of ministers that were appointed to do the more mundane tasks of the church so that those gifted in preaching and teaching could not have to worry about those, like the seven ministers who fed the Grecian widows. Yeah. And so, most people, they heard you say diakonos, and they're hearing you say minister. Could we say that that's where we translate into English, deacon? Well, we don't translate. We just say the Greek word. There, okay. Diakonos. But diakonos is minister, servant, deacon, same word in all those places. Yeah. Yet we make all kinds of different things. So Again, we're trying to stagger and yeah, build in. What I'm trying to show you is that there is a modern crust of tradition that's been attached to many of these terms that it, they didn't have mm. in the first century, and it's context that determines what we're talking about okay. in, in each case. But there were definite roles for local men who cared about souls, who would look after people, and those men were called overseers or elders or shepherds. There were definite roles for people that were called evangelists that were preaching and teaching, and that was their primary work. Uh, there were definite roles for servants or ministers who mm -hmm. took care of the mundane things, and you can call them deacons or whatever, that's fine, but there were definite roles for them. But there was not much baggage like we have today attached to those terms. Yeah, okay. So then moving past kind of our... <clears throat> the good understanding of what they biblically are. Mm -hmm. uh, we had someone else write in on that same 1 Timothy 3.1 passage, and he says, does 1 Timothy 3.1 apply also 
to the evangelist as the impetus being a noble desire, or is there more? Well, it's it's a noble desire to desire the task of the evangelist. That's not what First Timothy three one is talking about. That's talking about specifically the work of the of elders or yeah. overseers. Yeah. But um, evangelists trained evangelists. Second Timothy two two in the old in the New Testament. You already read that one. Mm-hmm. And evangelists appointed elders, which rarely happens these days, but that happened in the New Testament. Uh, evangelist was a definite role that Timothy, Titus, and some others uh, carried out. These things also involved the gifts that a person has. Mm. And so if you look at Ephesians 4.11, actually read verse 8 and then verse 11. Verse 8 is talking about Christ and verse 11. Verse 8 says, Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And verse 11, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastor, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up of the body of Christ. All right, so all of those things are ministries. Mm. And Christ gave the church apostles. He didn't give them but a limited number of them, but he did give the church apostles like Paul and Peter right. who had multiple uh, gifts and they received divine revelation and all that. Uh, he gave the church prophets who weren't apostles, but they did receive divine revelation and were to you know, share that. He gave them evangelists like Timothy and Titus. Mm-hmm. So to some degree, these things are gifts in that God... God gives some individuals greater abilities in those areas that he, than he gives other individuals. Yeah. And um, he gave some to be shepherd-slash-teachers, the local elders of the church, those people that really have a gift for caring for souls, looking after souls, seeing after people's spiritual condition. Uh, that's also a gift. So... When we really understand biblically these things, we can't exclude from the discussion the matter of spiritual gifts, you know, and do you have the spiritual gifts uh, to do this? And so then in the verse when he says, if anyone, the, the ESV translates it, aspires to the office, and that being a noble desire, is that kind of a recognition of gifts and desire to use them, or is that yeah, seeing this, a position and a role of this power. again the office i'm not sure where they get that at all but aspires to caretaking because the word is there's just one word episcopes mm. and king james translated that the office of a bishop yeah but episcopes means looking over caretaking so if anyone aspires to caretake yes he okay. desires a noble task so hmm. how can you tell if a guy aspires to caretake well that's usually because he's been growing spiritually and maturing spiritually and he's already been taking care of souls and being concerned about people and looking after them and trying to encourage them yeah. and trying to help them spiritually and so if he's already been doing that it's obvious that you know he has that bent that desire yeah. and so you know, if he meets the other characteristics, then he would make a good overseer. So then to answer the question here, that verse 
it would not be fair to apply it directly to an evangelist. No. Although at the same time, we could say, well, of course, it's a noble desire to be an evangelist if you desire to serve. If you desire to teach and preach the word to other people and share the gospel with other people and yeah. you have that ability, then yeah, it'd be the same scenario. Yeah, same scenario, just not the application of that verse. Yeah. Okay. I think that's probably a good way to answer and round out things. We kind of answered the, the final question. Of course, multiple men can speak during worship and things like that. Um, you know, anything else you want to add? Yeah. In yeah. in some congregations, um, it's almost, it, it's almost like dogs, you know, marking their territory, uh, which is not, okay. is not the biblical way. For example, <laughs> you know, well, if you're the evangelist, you can't be an evangelist because we can, well, that's a, that's a misconception because there could be multiple evangelists. Well, if you're the preacher, you can't be a preacher because, you know, yeah. we can't have but one. That's crazy. Uh, all of those things are modern territory marking type things, you know. Yeah. It would be wonderful out there, guys, elders, deacons, preachers, everybody else in churches. It would be wonderful if we could just do like our forefathers said and try to use Bible terms in actual Bible ways and not be upset if we call ourselves by Bible terms. Mm. Okay. I mean, yeah. can we just have one deacon? They had seven of them feeding widows in yeah. Jerusalem, and the, the word means minister. So can we only have one minister? They had seven in one area of work. So come yeah. on, you know, help me yeah. in this. Yeah, that's we responded to one person just uh, in a direct email recently, and they said, why do we only have, you know, is it right to only have one deacon per area? You know, we were thinking about adding another deacon to this same area and that was causing conflict. And it was like, that's straight out of scripture. It's okay. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. In fact, it's probably encouraged, you know. Um, so that we will not be sued. We want to tell you that this is a scriptural program and we want to answer things straight out of scripture in Massachusetts. Amen. Okay. <laughs> There's our disclaimer for the day. Anyway, I mean, it. these are kind of nuts and bolts type questions. Yes. That seem to be fairly straightforward, but because of the history, because of the way that language has changed, we start to add all of this other thought and understanding. So Finally, look at that number five real quick. All right. So if you can explain, can you explain, Dan, 1 Corinthians? where multiple men were able to speak during worship as long as it was decent and in order. Yeah. So 1 Corinthians 14, 26, when you come together, one has a psalm, mm -hmm. one has a teaching, mm -hmm. one has a revelation, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he says, let all things be done for edification. Mm -hmm. So there you have multiple people. And in the following verses, he, could, he says, you might have two or three of each one. And they're all standing up to do things. That's fine because there was no set number of people who could pray or teach or preach. Mm -hmm. uh, it needed to be done in an orderly and respectful and in a manner which built people up. And that's why, you know, when people like you work and, and you plan a worship service that builds us all up and edifies us and we engage multiple people, that's perfectly biblical. Okay. So it shouldn't just be like, me, you, Dustin, Andy, the, the employed pastors, yes. the employed ministers, you know. Whatever. By the way, I have a parking place out there, and please do not park in my parking place because I'm the pastor. <gasps> okay. 
Oh, me. Anyway. <laughs> well, for those of you who sent the questions in this week, we hope that this has been beneficial. Uh, obviously, First and Second Timothy have a lot to say about ministers, evangelists, what they're supposed to do, the role they play. Um, so, you know, dive into those a lot. There's a lot of answers there. Dan, thanks for your time today. And you, Jed. Thanks, everyone, for joining in and putting up with our antics along the way. Antics. Yeah, antics. Hopefully, along the way, you found the answers through the antics. Amen. There we go. We'll see you again next time. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.